We are back. It's SAFM. It's The Viewpoint. It's no longer Songa Zomabete, who is now the anchor for this evening's feature. It is Reverend Dr. Alan Busak. Prof, it's all yours until 21 hours. Thank you very much, Ongezo. Uh, good evening, Dr. Nagia. Uh, Reverend, and good evening, Ongezo, and to the listeners of SAFM. Thank you so much. Dr. Nagia is my guest. Dr. Anwar Nagia is a very well-known South African business personality, uh, leader, participant in the struggle, of course, an old, uh, strong activist uh, from, from, from those early days. He is now also the director of the Palestinian Museum um, in Cape Town. I think it's the only one of its kind uh, worldwide, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. And we are old friends, and I am so happy and privileged and honored to have you on this program tonight, Dr. Nadia. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Reverend. You've been very kind to me. <laughs> well, will you please tell us about your work with the Palestinian Museum, because it is quite a unique setup that you've got here in Cape Town, isn't it? Yes, thank you. So we, we, we call it the Al-Kaf Human Rights Center. The CAF is just an acronym, but it yes. also resonates with, uh, with uh, an Arabic, Arabic text. It also means cave, cave of knowledge, and CAF obviously is an acronym for my family. Yes. It's called the Al-Kaf Human Rights Center, which incorporates the Palestinian narrative and that we always box in or pigeonhole the Palestinian um, kind of discourse as if it is Judaism versus Islam. It is yes. a Palestinian discourse because it's a human rights violation. Um, we're talking about more than 100 years of annexation of land, land seizure, and yes. all of the work that has to do with the test of returning land to people. So the Human Rights Center, one of its focuses is Palestine, because it's the largest sample in the world where annexations are taking place. Yes. It does, and it destroy memory. So the Human Rights Center is that. It's not only focusing on the issues around Palestine, but because there's such a huge correlation um, and similarities that we've just come out of a, 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 a 350 years of an oppressive colonial uh, uh, government and obviously moving into a, uh, a new kind of liberal kind of uh, capitalism democracy. We had an opportunity in 94, and you're so right, yes. uh, Reverend, that when you stood on the platforms in 1976 at, uh, at UWC, I mean, you change your era, you, you change the era and the face of UWC, which was designed to be a colored campus, was designed yes. not to be an alternative campus. But I think the rub, when students rose up, and I was one of them, I was a leader of the <laughs> movement as a, as a curriculum, 
um, or, 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 or in school uh, yeah. in the 1970s. We lead from the call of students of Soweto not only def- uh, you know, literally denouncing needed of instruction, which was a real task, a colonial language forced us to, 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 to kind of give expression uh, in the way we had to do by rising up as a student movement, then getting the workers involved. And of course, your maiden speech was part of the telling formation changing the landscape of South Africa, and particularly, you know, from UDF, uh, yes. the mass democratic yes. movements, leading to the unbearing of organizations. Part of what we do at the Eastside Center is to begin to reconstruct that period and make it more relevant because when we go back to 76 and the era, the the ethos of the the, the momentum of the the UD period and what was articulated there for change in the country, is this a betrayal or is this a democracy that is beginning to find its its resonance? Is it a two-state theory? Or is it the one theory? And you know, Reverend, we had those debates. Should we go yes, straight into I remember a socialist? That. Should we go straight into a socialist formation, or should we, in fact, have the dove and walk kind of situation? And that is why your critique at the time of the Islam, the Khrushchev minute, the Kodesha and the talks, you know, are we at the level where we're doing talk as a dove or as a hawk within the movement? And of course. Lots of people became casualties, even you, you know. Yeah. Well, casualties. let me let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I I sometimes run into people who think that the Palestinian struggle is only connected to us because of the presence of our very active Muslim community, but that is not true, though. The, the Palestinian struggle and the South African struggle, as President Nelson Mandela made clear from the very beginning, have always been intertwined. They have always been brothers and sisters and comrades in a struggle that we saw as the same struggle for freedom and justice and dignity. Is that right? Uh, before you answer that, I beg your pardon, Dr. Mandia. We, we have to unfortunately take an ad break now. I'm going to, with your respect and permission, please request that you hold in abeyance your response until the other side of the ad break, which is now. Tweet at SAFM Radio and at Songhezumabete. Yeah, we are back. We are live on air. Dr. Anwar Nagia, who is a guest on the Tuesday Takeover, a guest, of course, of Reverend Dr. Professor Alan Busak. The two of them are request to watch their respective clocks at 21 hours. We have to stop talking. We have to go to news. For now, Dr. Nagia is responding to the Palestinian struggle for freedom being so intertwined with that of the South African struggle for freedom as a question posed to him by Dr. Alan Busak. He now responds in relation to that. Yes, I think, uh, Reverend, you, it, I think it's probably the most fundamental question. It yes. is part of the liberal agenda and the pro-Zionist lobby, they would insist to make the linkages of the liberation of the Palestinian people a kind of Muslim question, an Islamic yes. question. It has little or nothing to do with, with, with Islam. 
It right. has to do with the violation of human rights, the desecration of churches, the desecration of other political formations, including, including the left-wing movement and the communist parties within Palestine and within right. the religious uh, groupings there. So we have, not, we have not become a victim to that kind of narrative and that kind of box that they want to put us in. And we've, in fact, gave rise to different movements. And, of course, the best of it is obviously the BDS movement, the uh, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Yes. Together with a range of other uh, social formations, the National Coalition for Palestine, the PSG Group, the Palestine Museum, and a host of other organizations across the world who've made the linkages that this is, is, is a colonial conquest, it's land seizure, it's in fact aided and abetted by the U.S. at today, and of course uh, Britain and France, all of these, some of these European countries, and a lot of the United Nations countries, are trying to make a case for the illegitimate state of Israel. Now, Israel was born in 1948, so yeah. was the apartheid state of South Africa born in 1948, and they were in till now. You know, both, in fact, are colonial powers, and both must, in fact, be defeated. In the same, the very same way, we rose up as a united community in South Africa right. that was, right. was, was basically a broad-based um, uh, alliance of all different political formations. And this is the same in Palestine, if you understand the history, because the, the media is not entirely being not necessarily unfair, but they, they are in fact literally falling for a, a particular narrative which editorial policies and other, uh, other institutions uh, lobby and vie to keep it in that particular direction. The world has now, now liberated itself. The, 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 the oppressed is seeing itself as, as a homogeneous group in the sense that it cuts across religion, race, class, ethnicity. It just, in fact, projects a position that we, in fact, have a single, yes. a single oppressor, and, in fact, we have a mass movement that will get to justice. In, in but that is, I mean, that, that's one of the amazing things that we are seeing. Not only is the BDS movement growing exponentially despite the heavy, heavy pushback and the punishment that is meted out, for instance, to students on the campuses of universities in the United States. But if you see the past few weeks, the great numbers of people in the cities of the world, Brussels and Paris and Amsterdam and so forth, marching against the plans of annexation by the Netanyahu government, that must be for the Palestinians an extraordinary Ordinary encouraging sight as well. Absolutely, We've, we we are totally totally encouraged, and uh, we we commend we commend the independent youth, we commend the independent thinking people that have decided once and for all that this particular repugnant and uh, fascist um, re- regime, in fact, cannot sell the same old story that they've been they've been doing and pressurizing the government to do. Right now. Part of what we do at the Human Rights Center, Reverend, and part of what we do as the Palestine Museum is to create yeah. a response on an institutional basis. It's not right. anymore you're going to a public meeting, you're going to a public lecture, you leave the lecture, you go home, you say, I've been at a good meeting. What we've done at the Human Rights Center, 
what we've done at the Palestine Museum, we uh, created an institutionalized response to it so that it becomes the depository of memory. It becomes the depository of people giving expression, not only in literature, not only in thought, but actually in action. And we, yeah. we, we direct that and we orchestrate that on the basis of the Universal Declaration of, of Human Rights as set out by the United Nations in January of, 19, of 1948. Um, so so it, 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 it cuts across class. Now, Reverend, I think I must mention to you, and you mentioned this before in one of your talks in, uh, in the Samaj Center in, in, in Gatesville in Athlone, and, you know, yes. obviously before you would come in, there would be a big boo suck, boo suck, boo and then we would carry you in and so on. <laughs> so we had that. We had those heyday years. But you did mention, and I use that, is that many people thought that the anti-apartheid struggle was the end of the war. Yes. Okay? Now, I want you to, to, to hear me out, and many South Africans have listened to this tonight. So we have two minutes, gentlemen. Myself and yourself, we didn't fight the anti-apartheid struggle only. It was a manifestation. It was a manifestation of our oppression. We fought the class struggle. And for those people who fought the anti-apartheid struggle, now that apartheid is gone, they're still poor. Now that apartheid are gone, they're still in racial development frameworks. They're still yes, in the projects. And apartheid is gone. But if you fought the class struggle, which cuts across the manifestations of the issues of race and class and ethnicity, you would have had a better outcome in reshaping, in reshaping the contemporary agenda, in reshaping Absolutely. the interim and the maximum constitution, which, which unfortunately, both Cyril uh, Ramaphosa uh, 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 and, of course, um, uh, who's the other guy, I forget, the Africana guy, that was working... That, that eventually shaped the final constitution. Ruf Meyer, Ruf Meyer. Ruf Meyer, absolutely, thank you. Ruf Meyer, they received over 1.2 million submissions. And I think probably only a handful of submissions, right, gave expression to where we are today. I mean, All right, so, that, so, so thank you yeah. so I mean, this is so wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Nagia. Uh, I'm sure Sangezu will let us know when this is in, but I wanted to say thank you so much for participating. I also want, if we have time, how do people get in touch with you to support your work at the museum? Okay, so, so what, we, what we will be doing, we'll be sending out a, uh, a, a public brief at the moment. Um, my a telephone number will just will just ring off the hook, but I'm going to chance giving it to, to people. So it's uh, it's uh, 082 418 But we have websites and we have all of those things which will be released slowly to the public. But we've been around for eight years. We've had dozens of meetings on youth and youth development, and we okay. had lots of interesting meetings on issues around the South Africa in transition. And I think that's the important thing. How do we make sense of where we are and where we're going uh, within, within a working class agenda? And that's, thank you that's so the Fantastic. position from which you want to act. But I want to thank you, Reverend Anson Gilder, for allowing me the space. And uh, both you and I are, are pioneers being the first on such a program. Yes. Thank you, my Fantastic. brother. God bless you and your work. Thank you.
All the best, Dr. Anwanagia. Um, Prof. Busak, you're doing very well here. I must say, you are the first of my many guests who has honoured the time as you have this evening. Of course, we're going to spend a couple of time just recapping this conversation in the new hour after the news. I want you to think about just two things. You have mentioned specifically black liberation theology as you are lecturing at the University of Pretoria. I just want to pick your brain on that, particularly with your references to the Dutch Reformed Church or the Dutch Reformed Mission Church. Something for you to think about whilst we take the news break, as well as okay. the South Africa-Israel question. Let's set about the, I don't want to talk about the South Africa-Palestine question. I think it was sufficiently canvassed. I just want to engage South Africa and Israel at a diplomatic level and where we stand in the light of what the discussion was between yourself and Dr. Anunagia. For the rest of you folk, thank you so much for participating. Please do not stop sending us your contributions on WhatsApp voice notes and the like. We go to the news now at 21 hours, of course. After the break, Dr. Busak does return with another guest.